Hello and welcome back to another episode of Psychosis, uh, where we d discuss issues that are important to people experiencing psychosis and recovering from psychosis, as well as their family and friends. Uh, today I want to talk about the importance of social support. So I think you've joined us for an interesting episode because um, social support is an important um, component of mental health and resilience and stress reduction. So uh, I, I want to talk about it and explore it uh, in as much detail as possible in a short amount of time today. And I'm glad that you're joining us today. Social support is uh, something that we would like to discuss in a lot of detail, but before we start, I want to uh, remind the audience that this podcast is not meant to be taken as medical science or as medical recommendations, advice, or as a substitute for medical treatment, but rather this podcast is for the purpose of providing a supportive and compassionate voice to individuals who may have experienced psychosis or their family and friends. So please uh, do seek out professional treatment. Um, I hope that you would come here though for um, for a social element of support in your recovery process if you are someone who's been experiencing or struggling with psychosis. Um, I think that serves, I think, as a nice segue into the topic of the day, which is social support. Um, w with the emergence of uh, technology, it can, it be, it's become a lot more um, feasible for um, for individuals spread out across North America and the world to to become to enter into dialogue with one another through technology um, and this podcast is another way that I think is an effective way of reaching out to individuals experiencing psychosis so that um, we can experience so that we can form um, a dialogue and so that we can have discussions with each other and that is in fact uh, the very uh, components of social support uh, and so what I'm trying to say is what I'm doing here is establishing social support for individuals experiencing psychosis while at the same time um, providing a supportive and compassionate voice I hope that if you're listening um, you, you would agree with me that this tool is an effective and useful tool um, for doing what I've been describing. And on that note, if you think that there's ways that I can improve what I'm doing, I would love to hear from you. Just find the email address in the comments uh, section of this episode and go ahead and send me an email and I'd be happy to hear from you and I'd be happy to make my best effort to integrate your comments or your suggestions into this um, show effectively.
one thing that I started to do um, when I first started describing what I was experiencing, which would later turn out to be psychosis, was broadening my support base. And, and so uh, one thing that I'm going to be encouraging you to do is to broaden your support base. Or if you are support for an individual experiencing psychosis, that you would help that, you would assist that person in broadening their support base. So I'm going to spend a few minutes just talking about, uh, or however long it takes, I'll spend um, that amount of time just talking about how, what, what does that mean? What is a support base? What does it look like? And how does one go about broadening that support base for the individual experiencing psychosis and why is that important so first of all a support base is the network of friends and concerned others as well as family around the individual experiencing psychosis a support base is any individual it's composed of any individual who has direct contact with that person experiencing psychosis and it and the base itself is the network of people around that individual and they have to meet certain criteria for example they have to care deeply about that individual they have to know them ver fairly well they have to be in a position to communicate their support and care and concern for that individual and they have to be in a they have to be um, willing and able at times to let that person know when they uh, are experiencing things that diverge from reality and that last bit is unique to individuals experiencing psychosis you need people in your life who are willing to open up to you and say no I don't think that's true I think that what you're experiencing is not the shared experience and in order for that to be an effective communication there needs to be a great a great degree of trust between the person experiencing psychosis or recovering from psychosis and those individuals in the support group. So that would be the last criteria, which would be trust. And that trust has to be unshakable because in, in order for that person's contribution to the support network, the support base, to be effective, otherwise... Uh, if there's no trust there, then they're not considered part of the support base. So trust is a key um, criteria for membership in the support base. How do we develop the support base? Well, at, at, at the outset, it involves opening up completely about the person's mental health, the person's mental state, and the illness so people have to understand and know uh, that 
you are going through something right now and they have to make their best effort to understand what it is that you are going through. Uh, you need to be willing to communicate it to the best of your abilities. You need to also, though, be open to people in your support base communicating it to other individuals uh, within the support base. So communication within that network has to be um, very effective in order for the support being offered to you to be effective. So I think that that's one... Um, so, that, so that's a place to s sort of stop describing the network and how it forms, and now we can move on to talking about why it's so important. One of the things that I think that the research has shown, and I'm not an expert on the research by any stretch of the imagination, but one, one thing that I think that the research has shown is that social support is incredibly important for recovery. Um, it's what I've been told um, by the medical professionals that I meet with, and it's what I've experienced firsthand. Um, so I can talk a little bit about, in general terms, about the support that I received when I was in the midst of uh, an episode and in the acute recovery phase from the episode. Um, so uh, I had a friend, first of all, when, when I was broadening my support base, one of the things that we did was we had a couple friends over to our house to help assess my mental state. And they did ultimately end up determining that we needed more professional help, and that I and that was something that was something that I ultimately followed, some advice that I ultimately followed. But one of the things that they did was they reached out to other friends uh, that I have and let them know what was going on, so that over the course of time, I was able to have visits and phone calls um, from concerned loved ones and friends and family who each in turn came by to offer their own support. But what they did that was key, and, oh, and I should ma mention that I trust them implicitly. These are people that are very dear to me and who, when they speak, I can listen to them, listen to their guidance and listen to their perspectives on my mental state so that, um, so that, so that if my perceived reality is straying from um, the shared reality of the people around me that they can let me know and they can help me to recalibrate my thinking so that it's more healthy and more in line with everyone else's thinking one of the one of the more fascinating things that happened is that um, is that I started writing down um, whenever I had visits from friends or family or loved ones, people in my support network, and um, and one of the funnier things that happened was another p 
patient in the hospital at one point remarked to me, oh, you're actually a very popular guy um, because I was getting so many visits and it made me realize that for somebody who's not getting that many visits um, when they're at home or when they're in the hospital or when they're in... Um, when they're in the midst of psychosis or in the midst of a recovery from psychosis, one of the things that happens is you start to feel very, very isolated and alone. And that experience is, can be very, can produce psychological distress. It can produce loneliness and it can produce a sense that, uh, perhaps your delusions are, have merit right so it could possibly even contribute in your thinking it can contribute to the belief in the delusions whereas a very solid and healthy support base could be very effective in drawing you out of your own head getting you out of your own head and having you joke around with some friends or having some light-hearted moments with loved ones There are three words, and I want you to remember these three words um, if you are a person experiencing psychosis or recovering from it or prone to psychosis. I want you to remember these three words because I want you to, I want you to use them when the time is right. And the words are, I need help. And so that's how you activate your support network. That's how you kick the mechanism into gear. That's how you get someone in your support network to start talking with you and to start talking with the other people in your support network. And you can have a plan, and this can be very um, methodical, or it can be off the cuff because it's something that uh, seems to come out of nowhere. I need help. It's, it's a magical expression that um, everybody can understand. And for people experiencing mental health challenges, it's something that's probably very difficult to say. Uh, for somebody experiencing psychosis, it's probably approaches impossible to say until you realize that you do need help and that you and you do need to get the support that you're looking for and so learning how to say it and when to say I need help to your support network is an important life skill and it's something that I would encourage you to think about and to talk about with the people in your support network so that when the time comes you'll be in a position to say I need help and you can get help that's the whole purpose of the existence of the social support network. It's not, um, it's, it's not so that they can be there uh, when just when times are good. Although it's wonderful to have social support when times are good, but you need to have that support in the moments when your world seems to be crashing down around you and you're in a state of emotional and psychological distress and you don't know perhaps what's going on there's a degree of confusion and maybe some of your um, thinking some of your mental processing 
is breaking down and you're not as you're not as um, sharp as you were before you remember these three words and you say them uh, within your network and this will activate your network and your network of supporters will ideally start talking to each other about what they can do to help you start talking to you about what they can do to help you and really do everything in your best interest to keep you from descending further into your psychosis. And this is another thing for you to think about. If you are an individual who's been impacted by mental health at one point in your life or another, you might think about how you are best, you are very well equipped and, and able to speak to others who are going through mental health challenges. So maybe you're somebody who suffered from depression at some point in your life and now you're exposed to an individual who has an, a state of psychosis. You might think, well, there's not much I can do. There's not... Um, uh, I, I feel powerless to help draw this person out of their state of psychosis one of the things that you can do that's really quite wonderful is bring your voice to bear on the situation and help that person to understand that there is a light at the end of the tunnel and that um, and that you've gone through um, a mental health challenge of your own and really speaking to those issues and speaking to um, uh, the the challenges that that were laid out in your path and not just how you overcame them but how you they taught you to identify um, with those issues in a really close and personal way I think that's an effective way to um, relate to people with shared experiences I believe that when people relate to one another and can empathize with each other at a more on a more um, profound level because they have shared experiences this can make very this can make for very meaningful relationships that are mutually beneficial so if you are a supportive voice who and and even one who has experienced mental health challenges of your own in the past, I would encourage you to speak up because your voice, far from being um, irrelevant, is actually quite a powerful voice in this conversation. And so again, I encourage you to speak up and to voice your support and to do that in a way that's productive. Uh, and you might be surprised to realize just how important your voice actually is. Well, that's it for today, and I hope that you've enjoyed listening today. If you have enjoyed listening, I would encourage you to subscribe and continue listening. Also, if you've got any ideas, if you've got things that you want to share with me uh, so that I can share with our listeners, please take the time to send an email to the email address uh, that you will find uh, in the comments section of this episode. Um, and that's all for me. I hope that you would, um, I wish you a great deal of success in building your social support base. 
and in activating them when the time comes so that you would be well and I wish you all the best. Have a great day.